Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of 2023. We're kicking it off with a bang and going to be talking about your six-figure business strategy for 2023. So the reason why I wanted to do this episode is that I do see so many coaches get caught up with shiny ball syndrome or not seeing success straight away with a strategy that they have chosen and they go off and try 10 different things, do all of them pretty poorly and not for long enough to see any results. And if you're in my Influx Masterclass, which was just fantastic and it was on lead generation you'll know in there that I spoke specifically about shiny ball syndrome and how what we want to do is actually stick to a strategy for at least a period of 60 to 90 days okay so what we're going to do today I'm going to talk through the main overarching pillars that we need when we're considering our strategy to build a online business So the pillars that I'm going to talk to you about are going to be confidence or expertise. It's going to be related to your ideal client. It's going to be related to having a signature offer. It's going to be related to your communication. And there are a number of different parts to that. So marketing, sales, client experience. And we're also going to have a brief discussion about the importance of mindset and the mindset that I believe all successful online business owners hold. So without further ado, let us jump into our very first pillar to identifying your personalized business strategy for 2023. So the first pillar is going to be needing to build confidence through expertise. So some of you may have already ticked this one off and you have full confidence in your ability to get your ideal client the results that they want. Okay. So what I see with people who struggle with a lack of confidence is that they might fall into a trap of say studying only. And I see this actually time and time again, someone is doing lots of technical courses, lots of reading, lots of studying, and yet they're not actually getting out there in the field and applying it to clients so that they can give themselves evidence that they truly are the best coach. Because when we're showing up online, if you have any shadow of a doubt in your mind that you truly are the best coach for your ideal clients, it's going to come through in the way that you speak and the way that you market. And it's probably going to be very subconscious in that you won't even really be able to see it upon reflection of even watching your own content back. And you will probably think, oh, I'm showing up consistently and I don't know why people aren't attracted to my content. It is because the words that you choose, the way that you speak and your body language are all going to be communicating the belief in the back of your head that actually I don't know if I can get these people a result. 
Okay. So before we go into anything else, we have to make sure that you have refined your, what's the word, like in the trenches skills, your practical skills, that you can get a result. And even if you have identified potentially an ideal client that you haven't had too much experience with, and I get that. So my background, I came from working on the gym floor at Good Life, and you're really coaching a wide variety of people. And I was coaching men, I was coaching under 18s, I was coaching people older than 65, (laughs) I was coaching people who didn't really care about getting jacked. They just wanted to be mobile and functional and healthy, right? So I was coaching a lot of different people. You can hear from that, that they're not my typical client that I would be marketing to online. But in doing so, I really built steadfast confidence in my own coaching abilities because I knew across the board, I knew how to get people results in the gym, whether it's fat loss, whether it's functionality, whether it's health, and then all different personality types as well. So one thing I've been noticing in this space, especially across of last year, was because we just saw all of these coaches being really successful, not only in the fitness space, but in other spaces. And again, maybe this is relevant to the bubble you're in, but I think everyone listening, I kind of know a lot of you that are listening, and I know we were having really similar conversations about the coaching bubble that we saw and just the rise in reported income, whether that's true or not, but rise in reported incomes. I think some people lost the humility and some newer coaches lost the humility that comes with having to truly prove yourself to yourself that you can get results with anyone. And what I'm really getting at here is if you don't have the list of online clients that you want, or just say for whatever reason, you're having trouble building that up in the gym, go out and get them for free don't charge people and I'm not saying build a list of 20 people they're not charging I'm saying offer your services to between one and three people who you know money is really the thing getting in their way it's not their commitment because I don't think it's worthwhile just giving this out to any Tom Dick and Harry I think it is important that you consider who you are giving your services out to free for is that the right way to say that? <laughs> who you who are you gifting your services to? It's it is important to consider that. But man, go out and get some for free, okay? And this is what I did. This is what I did quite a few years ago when I was building my online business. I ran a giveaway and I legitimately gifted twelve weeks of coaching to someone. She was my ideal client. She was the person I wanted to work with. We actually still have a relationship today. I think that that was in maybe 2018, maybe, yeah, 2018, I think. We still have a really strong relationship today. She got amazing muscle growth results. She was like my perfect client. She was someone who didn't need to lose body fat. She just wanted to gain muscle mass. And she also just wanted help in increasing her calories and doing that strategically, like legit, my perfect client. And she she won the 12, or I gifted her 12 weeks of coaching for free. And I actually think I gave her two terms of coaching because I loved it. And in that, I learned how to communicate better. I learned how to coach that kind of woman because I hadn't seen too much of that actually on the floor at Good Life. Like most of the women, actually, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that came to me at Good Life. So on the floor as a trainer who, you know, straight off the bat, who was like, I want to gain muscle mass. I want to eat more. 
most of my clients, although we actually started with them eating more, that's not what they initially came to me for. They initially came to me for typically for some kind of fat loss. That's that's the overarching type of client that was coming to me. So I gifted it to her and I learned. And I was reflecting as I was writing my notes for this podcast, I was reflecting on my growth from then and my online coaching and what it looked like then. And even just like the service, the package of service and how basic it was and how much I had to learn. And I granted there are amazing mentors, business coaches out there now that really can help us short shortcut that process for sure by showing us how they do their check-in process. And 100%, if you're building an online fitness business, I, you need to have hired your own personal, online personal trainer without a shadow of a doubt. And I say the same things to face-to-face coaches, get yourself a face-to-face coach. It's really important to understand what the experience is like as a client. And I believe you will get a, give a much better service if you have your own coach. It doesn't have to be forever, but just for a period of time. Okay. But yet when I look back at the growth I've had since then, I really struggled initially with retention online. It wasn't matching up with my retention in the gym. And it's because I yet I hadn't yet refined those online skills. I hadn't yet refined how to communicate with someone really effectively in a check-in, whether that's at the time it was just by email, I believe, which is kind of embarrassing to me now, uh, but that's how I was doing them. And just refining how to, I, w- I remember being really nervous about not speaking to someone for a week, whereas in face-to-face coaching, you get to see someone for half an hour, maybe multiple times, right? And so it's really important to not get too far ahead of yourself when you're looking at refining your service online. And if you don't have that confidence that you can get results, and I've heard this, I've heard this from many mentees that I've worked with, I'm not confident that I can get the results for my ideal client. I'm confident I might be able to get a certain other person, but I'm not confident for my ideal client. Gift it to someone and start getting confidence. You need to give yourself the evidence, okay? And there's no harm in doing that. I'm not saying don't take paid clients on at the same time, but if you know that there's someone in your audience who would be ideal and maybe they're a uni student and really just it's the money is the only thing getting in the way, otherwise they're super committed and you know that they would be awesome, gift it to them. Okay. But this first pillar, if I come back to it, you need to build confidence through your expertise so that the language, the body language, the way you show up when you're communicating your offers, talking about any educational stuff, any informative stuff, running anything. Trust me, you can't fake this. It's a B component. We've we've spoken about B's you have before on this podcast. This is the B component you cannot fake. Okay, so if we if you know you have that some subconscious belief that you're not the best coach for your ideal clients, we need to get rid of that. How do we get rid of that? Through action, through you actively seeking out your ideal client and getting them good results. And look, it's okay if you're not great at it straight away. Who cares? It doesn't matter, but you need to get good at it, obviously, for you to have a stress-free and successful business. So gift it and get good and ask for feedback, okay? And what I've done with my the gifts that I've given is I've said, hey, I would love to give this gift to you. There are a couple things I would ask in return. Your honest feedback and constructive criticism about the coaching process overall, 
So keep that in mind as we go through and a testimonial of your results. Can I show a before and after? Can I um, you know, get a write-up on what your coaching experience was like? And of course, they're going to say yes. <laughs> and you'll start to build yourself evidence that you actually are a fantastic coach. Not only that, and I'll get to communication soon, but it's going to help you provide social proof as well. You're going to have a test case. Uh, I actually saw a really unfortunate incident the other day where a coach used herself and labeled it as a client, just cut her head off. We don't want to have to resort to that. People can feel like they might not know that that was the case, of course. But again, just the way you show up, the way you communicate, if you're having to use you and then lie about it not being you, it's just a big, big red flag that you need to go out, get more clients, get better results with them. So you're not having to pretend that your own result with another coach was you actually getting your client a result. Don't do that. Okay. Be honest. And like I said, it's okay if you have these struggles or these problems. We're all going to have different problems in business or different struggles in business, different areas that we need to improve on. It's just a magnifying glass that will help you improve on the next thing and get better over time. Okay. So the next part of your business strategy that we need to lock down is your client. You need to know them better than they know themselves. And what does it mean when I say this? It just means knowing exactly where they are now, what they're thinking, how they're speaking, what their pains are, what their pleasures are, where they want to be, what their what end result they want, what language they use now, what they think they need, and what you know they need. You really need to know all of those things. And again, you might go, Aim, that's a long list of things. How do I do this? I'm not saying don't coach until you know this stuff. I am saying make it your mission to accumulate this information. How do you do that? It's like through Basecamp and through my private mentoring, whenever we come to market research, for some reason, it seems to be a sticking point. People seem to be really uncomfortable about having conversations with people. And I, quite frankly, I don't really know why. <laughs> but it's really important that we push that discomfort aside and make connections with people. Hell, if we want to be an online coach, being an online coach, part of it is about connecting with people, right? This is part of our bread and butter of what we need to do. Okay, so do make it your mission to speak to people. And I have done this so many times where someone has said that they're not in a position to pay for my services. And at the moment, I'm at a capacity where I'm not giving out any freebies. And that's fine. That's dependent on where I'm at right now. But for those people who are um, consuming my content or masterclasses, so my, I guess my to the masses freebies, which I do do, uh, I say to them, hey, would it be okay if I asked you a few questions? And every single person has said yes. And every single person has literally written me essays of information back about their fears, about their struggles, about what's easy for them. So you won't know if you don't ask. Okay, so please put your any discomfort aside that you have and make market research your mission and make market research an ongoing part of your business strategy. It needs to happen often. 
whether you set that up monthly, whether it's quarterly, it needs to be happening off, often. One of the best pieces of information I've ever received from a business mentor was to make market research an ongoing piece of what I'm doing. And again, some of these other coaches who not not in the fitness industry, but again, you might be seeing them and you might be getting confused because they're already at million dollar months or whatever that may be. They're saying, you're the niche. You don't need to go out and ask your audience. You know best. Quite frankly, I don't agree. And what they're doing for them is absolutely working for them. And that's fantastic. I know the fitness industry. I know the fitness industry. And if you are being so arrogant that you you believe you know what's best, but you're not signing clients, I'm sorry, the problem is you. What's that Taylor Swift song? The problem is you. If you're signing clients, keep doing what you're doing. If you're not and you're assuming you know everything and you're unable to actually ask people what they need and actually ask, like I delivered a masterclass, what was valuable, what was not, man, do that. You need to know your client better than they do. And the way you'll know this, they'll say things like, you'll get DMs, I needed this today. Uh, it's like you know me better than I I know myself. They actually will say this. I actually get DMs multiple times saying this. I get people saying, you're in my head. It's like you're in my head. It's like you can read my thoughts. People I don't know, I've never met. This is how you know you know them. Okay. I have a benefit, I believe, of being my client, uh, but years in advance so I was them and so for me it is I wouldn't say second nature because I've still I do this market research component like I've just said I do this often but I'm continually confirming because sometimes when we move a little bit too far ahead we can start to forget the problems and they just don't resonate with us anymore like there's a lot of uh, fitness and body image problems that they just don't even make sense to me that I used to have and so it's important that I'm continually speaking to my people so I know what's really happening for them the other thing that we need to take into account is you know my issues were 2016 and previous but the world's changed. There's so much more information available now. So what my problems were back then, say like, you know, fad dieting and all of those sorts of things, maybe that's still a problem for some people now, but they've got more access to information. So maybe that's not so much their issue anymore because they can figure that out pretty quickly that they don't need to fad diet. So it's not, it's an issue that I had pre-2016, but now with the rise of all this free information, even though I am still that similar, sorry, I was still that similar person. They don't have the exact same problems because times have changed, okay? So think about that. All right. The next one is refining your offer. Instead of, again, all of these like, instead of shiny ball syndrome, instead of creating 10 different masterclasses and a group program and launching this and launching that because, again, you're seeing other people doing this stuff. I used to hate the phrase stay in your own lane because I thought it meant like putting a glass ceiling on what you're capable of. And I now see the phrase staying in your own lane so differently, which is un until you are at a place, and I don't even know if that's true. Let me backtrack a bit. Just focus on where you're going, what you need to improve of, improve on, and just go a million miles an hour, okay? Just action after action after action. Focus on you. The more we're looking around and hiring three different business mentors and listening to 10 different podcasts, honestly, don't waste your time. 
simple strategy and just focus on you. It is the the same with your PT clients. If they were listening to multiple different fitness coaches on podcasts with differing biases, if they've got you, they're also asking their friends coach questions. It's a disaster. You know this. You know this. Having a very simple and basic strategy and following that to the highest of quality you know is going to get your clients the best result. It is the same thing with your business. None of this shit needs to be fancy. Trust me, most people are overcomplicating everything. You would look at a business, a successful business plan. And by successful, I'm talking like multi six figures to, you know, scaling to the million, multiple million. They're very simple. And this is why they work. You get known for your messaging. You get known for whatever the offer is. If you have multiple and you're constantly shifting and changing your offers, you don't get time to build rapport and trust in that offer and people don't care, okay? It almost needs to be the point where you could do this with your eyes closed and it's definitely to the point I've got with my fitness stuff, like glam body, man, I, I can do it with my eyes closed. It's really simple, I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the same things over and over and over again. I'm not talking about anything that's not going to help my ladies. Okay? So when it comes to your offer, your offer needs to be tailored to what your clients need. And I'll give you an example. My clients don't need anything to do with motivation. Okay? The majority of women that come to me, 90% love training. They don't need help with me getting them into the gym. Granted, 10% of the people that come to me do, and then I will help them in our coaching sessions, our uh, you know check-ins or whatnot with that language. But I don't actually want to attract those people. I want to attract women who love training. So you you if you look through my fitness content on Instagram, I don't think you're going to find a motivation-based post in the in the what was it 20 I think it was 2020 was probably the last time I did a motivational post and this was because it was lockdown specific which is fair because even my ideal client in the lockdown setting where she didn't have access to weights that's where motivation became a problem for her and it was actually more so like mojo than motivation but that the last I the last time if you scroll back through my content motivation's not there I'm not talking about it. it's not relevant it's not relevant so I don't speak about it in my offer because it's not relevant to them. So you need to be very, very specific in the way that you craft your offer in the components that your offer includes and the way you speak about it. So I'll give you an example. With Glam Body, the offer is personalized training and nutrition with some mindset stuff related to body image and typically eating more. And it's going to be a high touch quality experience for women who are trying to build muscle and get stronger and want a physique result. It's super specific. There's no fat loss. There's no confidence building. There's no feel better, look better. It's not that shit. It's very specific. It's for a very specific person because I know my woman, she wants a double plus strategy. Okay. She wants like the highest quality of strategy she wants attention to detail. She needs everything personalized and customized to her. Okay. I actually sat down with a few of my clients uh, at the start of December and was talking about like 
the benefits of potentially looking at getting an app versus the Excel spreadsheet. And they were like, nah, there's multiple things that they love about the spreadsheets that can be so customized to them, so specific to them, whereas coming back with the app, it starts to get more and more generic. Again, you can customize things for sure by selecting exercises and all of that jazz. But the amount that we can customize in an Excel spreadsheet far exceeds what we can customize in an app. And their personality type too, they don't want fluff. They don't need to be told to drink water three times a day. Okay. They don't need their habits tracked like that. We're dealing with different problems because my client is an intermediate who is a type A high achiever. She has very, a very specific set of problems. She's not your general lifestyle client, two different people. So the offer glam body is very specific to her. All the junk that I don't need that other coaches are um, posting about. Again, nothing wrong with that. They're targeting a different person. I'm not even going to go there. We're not talking about motivation. We're not talking about really basic level stuff. It's not happening because I know who she is. So when you're looking at your offer, if it's just training, macros, check-ins, that's not an offer. <laughs> like it's components of the offer. But think about my specific or my ideal client, my specific client, how does each and every one of these components of my offer serve them specifically? Is there any rubbish? Is there any junk that doesn't need to be here? Just fucking get rid of it. And what's the language I need to use to serve them? Again, so for example, my client isn't necessarily worried about ease of use because this is something I've spoken to her about and something that I was thinking maybe the app would help with. Ease of use, customization is more important to her than ease of use. You get it? So I hope this is making sense about how we need to craft our offer. Make sure your offer is specifically tailored to the needs of your client, which bring you, brings you back to needing to know your client which brings you back to also making sure you're very confident in serving them. The next topic I'm going to try and keep a little bit short, but it encapsulates quite a lot of your, your strategy. You're going to need to have communication-based strategies. So by communication, I'm talking marketing, I'm talking sales, and then I'm actually talking in the weeds, client experience communication, okay? So you're going to have to have strategies for each of those things. What is your marketing strategy? Okay, what what platforms are you going to use? Keep them small, start narrow and go deep. Don't start wide, start with a few, maybe one or two. Go ham on those before you start doing five different things. Okay, if you've got Facebook, TikTok, podcast, YouTube and Instagram and emails, you're doing too many things. You're doing too many things. Leave that to build on later or just to repurpose and you're not actually creating like native or organic content for those other platforms. It's okay if you're repurposing, but I don't want you wasting your time and energy going wide when we're not yet at that six-figure mark. Okay, once you've hit that, then we can start to explore. But even then, to be honest with you, I was just reading a case study of um, a coach I know and she went from 300K to a million this year just podcast and Instagram. So please don't think that you need more than that. Help people do it just with Instagram. People can do it just with a podcast. <laughs> okay? So don't start to think that you're at, you know, 50k a year and what well, I need to have 
multiple things happening. You actually don't. Okay, so think about when you're doing your marketing strategy, what do you like to do? Because I've spoken about this a few times. For something to be sustainable, we have to enjoy it on some level. We have to be able to keep going when shit gets hard. All right? So think about what platforms do you like? Where do you shine? And stick to them. Make it as small as possible. Stick to one or two and go ham. Set your frequency. So have a muck around, right? If I know my close rate is, I don't know, 50-60%, how many people do I want to fill my programs with? That means I need to talk to X amount of people per week or per month. If I need to talk to X amount of people per week or per month, this is how many times I need to either post, send out a lead magnet, do a podcast, whatever that is. So you can work backwards. Just reverse engineer your numbers. This will help you a little bit with your frequency too. And you've just got to be realistic with yourself. Consistency is so much better with anything. So it's like, if you know you can't post four times, don't commit to four times, commit to three. Once you've nailed three, then you can build on and add one, okay? The next thing there that you need to know is you need to figure out your pillars, your content pillars. And by this, I mean the main pillars that you're going to be speaking about over and over and over again. So for Glam Body, it's going to be muscle growth. It's going to be body image and it's going to be physique strategy, like physique, how to sculpt a physique, right? Main pillars there. All right. So you've got to figure out, okay, for my ideal client, what are the, say, three to five main topics I'm just going to talk about over and over and over again, but to make sure that I'm constantly talking about an, you know, a variety of different topics that they need to know. So this is where I see some coaches get mucked up in that they're just talking about motivation, how to stay motivated in the gym, how to build habits, right? Just the same sort of topic, whereas we're not Again, we just don't know our ideal client well enough. Or for some reason, we're too scared of ruffling feathers or offending people to actually be honest and tell them what we know they need to hear. Okay, so then from there, just have a look at your sales, whether you do them in DMs, whether you do them on calls, however you do your sales process, what's your process? Please tell me you have a process. It's okay if you don't have a process, okay? And then just reflect on the numbers, all right? So am I actually... Um, you know, hitting this 80%, am I hitting it at 90? Is it 20? And if you need some sales training, go get some sales training. It's really important you do this and um, just track your numbers and see where you're at with your sales process. Okay. Also, then look at client retention because if your client retention is shit, your client experience is probably shit, the way you're communicating is probably not good. And again, I'm saying that a little bit offhand, but it just means it's fine. Just need either a little bit more practice. So again, some more expertise work, some more crafting of your skills, which again, is totally fine, especially if you're really new to this, okay? You don't, you're not expected to be five years in and please don't put that pressure on yourself to be five years in when you're in your first six months. Okay, but just have a look, just have a look without any emotional crap attached to it. Like, where can I improve? I can improve here, here, and here. Okay, fantastic. Tick one off at a time and get better. Okay, so with communication, like I said, I just wanted to go over that again. I was talking about all things marketing. It's a big topic I know and I'm not going to have time to break it down, but all things marketing, all things sales, all things client experience. Okay, have a look at how you're communicating and have a look at your actual strategy. Do you have strategies for marketing? Do you have a sales 
sales strategy? Do you have a client experience strategy? Write them down. So for instance, your marketing strategy might be, I make three posts a week on my Instagram. I offer two longer form freebies on Wednesday and Saturday. And through those freebies, I offer a free coaching call or maybe you go straight to the sale or whatever it is. Like that could be your very simple marketing strategy. Okay, and then you're just going to take data, test it for 60 days. How many people came through the door? How many people got on a sales call but didn't sign up? How many people signed up? Of the people that signed up, who lasted past the initial term date? Okay, it's really as simple as that. It doesn't need to be complicated. Write it down, stick to it, review the data, and reflect on what you need to make better. The last one that I wanted to talk through was your mindset. So this is very important for your strategy because it's going to be one of the bigger things that kicks people up. So there are a couple of components and I'll try and get through these fairly quickly, but I just want to touch on each. Number one, emotional regulation. This is really important because owning your own business is going to be the most in-depth personal development journey you're going to be on. It's going to show you everything, what's and all, and you really have to have high level emotional regulation skills. So again, it's something you can learn and you can practice. So I had a psychologist at the start of this year. I had, I don't know, like six or seven sessions really helped me with this. So everyone's different with how they work psychologically. I'm not a psychologist. She helped me with CBT, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. I really resonated previously with a book called Coming the Emotional Storm. And that's dialectical behavioral therapy. Love that. So in combination, DBT and CBT for me help ground me so much. Another thing that I've needed to do is separate myself from my business. So I found this really challenging to do, just want to be honest with you, found this really challenging to do for quite a while. And I'm like, I've seen such an improvement, especially in the last six months. It's been amazing. And what I know, what I have noticed is this is allowing me to step into more fun, try new things and not really care so much about the outcome as in like I care and I want to do better but that's as far as the care goes it's like okay if this didn't perform well I can I can ask myself why and then go oh it's because you didn't do this you didn't do this and I think you probably need to brush up your skills here and it doesn't mean anything like I'm not a bad person I'm not a shit person I'm not a shit coach and whereas previously I might have had those thoughts like you're a shit coach if you can't do x what it's not true. And in the last six months, this is really downloaded for me. And it's, it's fun. It's so cool. But emotional regulation is very, very important. So again, maybe you need to read some books, maybe you need to get psychological support for your specific stories. But do that. The next thing I had is coming from that, but it's like, it's only humiliating if you choose it to be. So I've spoken to mentees and they're like, I can't launch a group program because what if, what if not even zero people sign up? Cause then you can kind of pretend it didn't happen. But what if one person signs up or two people sign up and I said it was going to be a group? What do I do then? And it's the humiliation of that potential or it's the humiliation of showing up and speaking and your reel goes viral and then someone, some big celebrity does a stitch and says how you're wrong and the humiliation of that. And I just want to say it's only humiliating if you choose it to be. There are always multiple perspectives that you can choose at any given time. You can always ask what else is possible? What else can I choose here? How else can I reframe this? Because I don't care what anyone says 
I am not in the camp of beating yourself up and talking down to yourself as going to have any positive impact. And I know there are plenty of mentors and fitness coaches and different people (laughs) in the industry who are like, no, you should feel guilty. You should beat yourself up. You should, you know, feel like shit if you haven't done well because it's just, it will help you. It will fuel you to move forward. And I actually don't agree. I'm not saying it won't fuel you fuel you to move forward. It very well may, but it's not a sustainable energy source for the long term. And you're going to be extremely miserable in the process. There is no need to. And I actually see those people as still having some kind of inner work that they need to do on themselves uh, about their own insecurities. Because if we have someone who is really confident they don't need to be, they're not going to be beating themselves up. The language is going to be really different. When you're really confident and you have a great deal of respect for yourself, you're not going to go there. You're going to go to a very rational, non-emotional place. Like the emotion is going to be neutral. There's not going to be any beating yourself up. The neutral conversation you're, you're going to have with yourself is like, okay, cool. That didn't perform well. Why? Oh, maybe because I didn't spend enough time preparing. Blah, blah, blah. Full stop. What can I do better next time? Or how can I make this better? I can put in my diary the dates that I'm going to prepare for it. Yada, yada, yada. Can you see how we got the intended effect of making the thing better and improving without the backlog of tearing ourselves down emotionally and making ourselves feel like a shit person in order to fuel ourselves to move forward. I don't care what anyone says. You don't need it. And someone who has a high level of respect for themselves and is really secure in who they are, where they're going, and confidence that they're going to make it no matter what, they don't need to berate themselves. Okay? The next one is, I've called it scrappiness. And this seems to be fairly rare. But it's this idea of being so resourceful that you don't need to wait for a mentor or a coach to tell you to do something. You're going to execute. Or if you need to ask a question, you're going to message and ask straight away. You're not going to wait seven days for your call. If I can give you one piece of advice for 2023, if you're hiring a coach or a mentor, maybe you're hiring me, which is very exciting, don't wait till your calls to ask the question. As soon as the question enters your head, have a think about it yourself for sure. Have a think about it yourself for sure, but ask. Don't wait seven days to ask the question. This is scrappiness. If you need to figure out how to create a Canva post, you've never used Canva before, see if you can figure it out yourself. Can you watch a YouTube tutorial? What can you do to figure this out? Do you have any network connections that you can ask for help? Get scrappy. Get in there. Okay? Don't be like, oh, I want to start a podcast, but I don't have a microphone, but I don't have this, but I don't Get your laptop out. Use your computer microphone if you have to. Get scrappy and just take action consistently. Because the faster you can take action on the thing, the faster you can ask a question, you're going to make the mistake, you're going to learn. Or not even make a mistake. Maybe it's going to work out first time. Amazing. Well done, you. Okay? But the faster you do that, you're going to learn the lesson and you're going to get better way faster. Okay? It's like someone training in the gym without a coach versus someone with a coach. Without a coach, maybe this was you because this was me. It takes you two years to learn how to squat properly. First, a person with a coach, it might take them six weeks. 
okay, can you see the difference? Some person who spent two years versus the other person spending six weeks. The person who spent six weeks ends up at that, you know, their end of their first year of training at a novice powerlifting meet. The other person, maybe they meet their coach at the end of the two years who, ha- who has to pull apart their squat. This is actually what happened to me. They have to pull apart their squat. They have to start again. Okay, can you see the difference? Be the person who continuously takes action straight away. And it's okay if you stuff things up. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay to feel embarrassed. It's okay to feel humiliated if you do, but just reframe it. You don't have to feel humiliated. There's no rule book that says, if this launch fails, if your first client doesn't get the results, you have to feel humiliated. You don't have to feel any of those things. You can just take it as a lesson. Okay, clearly I need to work on this skill. I'm going to work on it and I'm going to be better. Okay, so if that all really resonated to you and you're like, man, I need help building my confidence through expertise. I need help knowing who my client is and figuring out my niche and how to speak to them. I need help designing a signature offer that I absolutely love yelling from the rooftops and that becomes known as a brand in and of itself. I need help with my marketing strategies. I need help with my sales. I need help with client experience and making sure there's no chinks in the chain. And then I also need the mindset support. This is exactly what I'm taking you through inside my group coaching offer, which is Basecamp. I've already run Basecamp once. It was amazing. We had so much fun. We had a client go from zero to 10 uh, clients with like zero Instagram presence, literally zero Instagram before we started Basecamp. And she went from zero to 10 in the 12 weeks, still getting clients. Multiple of the mentees are getting clients every single week. And the really interesting thing is so many of them are like, you know what, I'm actually hardly posting or I'm not really advertising my offer too much. And I'm so surprised at like, I'm getting this influx of people through. Okay. I know how to do this. I absolutely love mentoring. And I also love the group setting that Basecamp provides, which I actually wasn't sure, and I'll be honest with you, about creating my offer as a group program. I was umming and ahhing, and I had just done private previously, and I was like, you know what, let me give this a go because personally, I have found networking with other coaches to be really valuable, and what do you know? They're still using the group chat now, so I think we finished, oh, I'm not sure. Maybe we finished in September. I can't quite remember when we finished Basecamp, but I'm st- we still get messages in the group chat now. Hey, guys, have you done this? Have you done that? They've built relationships together, and they know it's a place that they can come to ask questions. And being a online coach can be really isolating. I get it. And so having this group component where we're all in it together is really, really valuable. So if this is something you want help with, if you're like, I am done just spinning my wheels, shuffling around, pretending I'm doing something or jumping from coach to coach and none of them are quite right, believe one of my expertise is the fact that I actually have built a six-figure fitness business without the business stuff included in that. Not many of the business coaches have done that. I think it's really valuable to have someone who has been in the trenches and done this, who did the face-to-face business, who then built the online business to six figures as well, okay? I have that experience. I know how to do this and I can help you with that as well. So if this is like, yeah, I'm in, I just, this is me, I'm doing this this year, I'm making that commitment to myself to build my online business, what what you will do is shoot me through a DM at Amy Louise Mentoring or one word, that's the Instagram. 
on Instagram, Amy Lou's Mentoring. Uh, it should be through a DM that says Basecamp and we can have a chat, see if the program is right for you. So with that being said, I'm just going to quickly sum up. I spoke about building confidence through expertise. I, sp- I spoke about making sure you know your ideal client, making sure you have a t- offer that is completely tailored to them, making sure that you're looking at your marketing strategies and writing it down what it is, your sales strategies, your client experience, testing them for 60 to 90 days, taking the data to see what works and what needs to be fine-tuned. And then as well, in the background, having a look at any areas in terms of your mindset that you need support and help with. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please DM me if you would love to jump into Basecamp. We start on January 9th, I believe. (laughs) And I'll see you guys in the next episode. 